This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. It's a special edition of the 323, our college football preview show. We are joined on this visual show. It is me. I am your host, Reed Murphy. Obviously, Emily Sissel is here in studio. Apologies for any mic weird reverberation sounds that you might hear. Oh, now she's got that behind her. Oh, God. She's just going to keep finding things. Yucky. Also joining us, the lovely, beautiful, incredible Scott Elia. Stop. Look at that guy. Look at him. You are too kind. Almost as handsome right down there in that bottom corner is Elmer. Hey, Elmer. Don't you miss Elmer, Scott? I No, I was perfectly content blocking that image out of my brain and he just so happened to want to join us this evening so this is great well scott you have to be excited i know that this is a show that you've been wanting to do i know this is like right in your wheelhouse college football it's not around the corner it's here it's back actually it's back it's happening time of the year of course this is the absolute Best time for Emily to come on the show. She loves it. She, of course, wants to talk about college football. University of Kentucky. There we go. <laughs> and then disappears into Manchester United. Oh, Scott, before... Well, you know what? I don't want to say before we get into college football talk because, of course, this is a big part of college football mascots. We love mascots. Lee Corso loves mascots on ESPN College Game Day. Mascots are an integral part to college football, to the college sports experience in general. And we have had quite a bit of mascot news going on lately. It's been a hell of a week for mascots. We have, what is it? It's the University of South Carolina that's embroiled in a uh, kind of big, beefy lawsuit right now. They have the biggest fight. They're in a legal dispute over their live rooster, affectionately known as Sir Bixper. And uh, they're being forced to change its name due to a dispute between the bird's former and current owners, all because of how they groom the thing. It's all because of how they cut up the neck. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not necessarily a neck. It's going to be the rooster's comb. So like the red That's mohawk right. that you see kind of coming That's up. right. Um, yeah. Because they used to the the old owners would trim it down to be a little more sleek a little more refined to kind of match what the actual gamecocks logo looks like 
but since the ownership is switching to a new couple, um, they're kind of in the camp of saying it's an unnecessary kind of thing to do to roosters, you know, it has consequences on roosters health. So they're kind of going back and forth right now. Um, and I believe as of either earlier today or the other day, I believe they finally settled on the name of the general. The so general? Ah, oh, okay. Because, because beforehand, we had a whole lot of options for it from, uh, I think there was, well, let's not even beat up the bush here. The biggest option there was Cock Commander. They wanted yeah, to go that with Cock Commander. Like wildfire. That's what happens when you let college kids vote or right, any fans vote Twitter, in particular. Like right. You put it on social media. They're going to go right after that. They're lucky it wasn't like Cock Commander 69, like the full <laughs> name of the bird. Instead of like Cot the obvious. 69, 420. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they went with that. How'd you know that's what I recommended for them? <laughs> And I mean, like the obvious choice to me, I think for that, for that cock would have been Steve Spurrier or just call Ooh. it Spurrier. They're, you know, most favorite son of a coach. Right. And obviously Washington DC's least favorite or one of our right. least favorite. I think he's in our top five worst coaches, but no. Okay. So you're saying the general is what we might be going with. Yeah. I, so it, it popped up. So what's today? Today's the 30th. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, because it was 29th. It, it dropped like late last night, early this morning, that they are switched to the general after some Revolutionary War general. I'm sure he has ties somewhere to South Carolina. So I'm whatever. Sure. Yeah. Whatever it they want to go with. Because of the name that caught fire. I think that's the only reason why it really caught any kind of media time. Revolutionary War or Civil War? revolutionary they weren't listen they're they're already kind of teetering <laughs> being in south carolina so yeah they, uh, exactly. they made the wiser choice in the revolutionary war that seems like where that would have gone i could have completely believed that <laughs> ah, well meanwhile in mascot news we also have had quite some awful injuries going on and this was more on the nfl level but it was a variety of mascots we had the atlanta braves mascot Blooper. I don't know if you saw that, Scott, or M. Of Blooper, the Braves mascot, absolutely beast moding eight uh, little kids or AAU kids at some event at the uh, Atlanta Falcons preseason game. Oh, he stepped on the kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean when it happened. I saw that. <laughs> Rough shape. I mean, look at him go. Good God. Boom. But let's be let's be honest though. Off Those me. kids have so much more padding than Blooper does. Like it, I know it's a full grown man, but you know he would feel every ounce of that hit, even with it being a little kid. You know what? Fuck them kids. Well, with every ounce of the hit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say every ounce of the hit, but like, what about uh, who was that mascot that got absolutely fucked up by AJ Dillon of the Green Bay Packers a few weeks ago? Had his head rocked all the way off. Oh, okay, but also that, I was thinking the Ravens. Oh yeah, yeah. We can't forget about Poe. God, <laughs> yeah. rest in uh, rest in power, Poe. The Ravens mascot just got destroyed by some AAU kids, and then the hilarious image of him just getting carted <laughs> off the field. The 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 top still on. 
Like, yeah, the top of the head is still on. on the gurney, just getting wheeled out of there. Yes. Total commitment. Total well, like, commitment. When it happened, I remember you just like, like hit up the group chat, and it was just you're all about it as soon as it happened. It made me super jealous. Oh, and it was just... the, the Kenosha Kingfish mascot that AJ Dillon completely destroyed. There we go. That poor fish. Well. Finally, in mascot news, we have to introduce something. Because as you can see by Elmer joining us here in the feed, that mascots are an integral part to the show. We love talking about mascots. We've talked about several. We've featured so many on this show. Obviously, one of which being this guy, the 323's official mascot from Is It Cake or Cake and Elmer. Hi, you Elmer. rebranding. He looks so sweet. Look at him. Uh, over the past, we've also talked about oh, Gus, God. the official mascot of the Fredericksburg Nats. The worst. Why are we the Fredericksburg Nats? Excuse me. There's a picture of Gus in our uh, kitchen. We have a picture oh, yeah. with Gus <laughs> right in our house. So. Oh, it's such a such a bad choice like the name the branding the mascot like it just they had so much hype around it and i don't understand any of the choices that they made they could have gone a variety of ways they could have even gone with this guy dylan <laughs> we've talked about dylan the Dill pickle <laughs> before of the pickles and his uh little controversy that he had as the uh, Portland Pickles mascot there. Best dick pick ever. Oh, yeah. A full dill pick, yeah. Pickle dick. Dick pick. Pick dick pick. Yeah, I like it. Oh, but folks, it is time to bring another face, another new mascot into this show. Another wow. one into our heart. I don't know if you know Duke's mayonnaise. Everybody loves Duke's mayonnaise. Don't you, M? Duke's Mayonnaise. Also the uh, face of the Duke's Mayonnaise, Duke's Mayo Bowl. They've decided to go about creating their own mascot. The head of the big bowl games where they dump a whole vat of mayonnaise onto the winning coach. Yeah. Yeah. They've introduced this guy. Tubby. It's terrifying. That is the the (laughs) official name of the mascot. (laughs) It's tubby. You know What's... what? I would wrap some tubby swag. Oh my God. What's the cartoon that I'm thinking of where he, he has like the really big bushy eyebrow and you like you can't even see his eye and oh. like raise it randomly and you'll see it one time? Uh, I'm trying to remember what that thing is. I know. I'm going to find it. That, but that's what that looks about like. The, are you talking about the dad from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Yes. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> hey, that's what he looks like. He does look like Flint Lockwood's dad. He definitely does. Tubby, we already love you. You're fitting right in with us. I like him. I don't know how crazy about mayonnaise, but I'm not even sure if Dukes is real mayonnaise. They say real mayonnaise, but I don't know what's real mayonnaise and what's not, because Miracle Whip isn't supposed to be mayonnaise. All mayonnaise is trash mayonnaise. Anyway, on to the real shit. College football, the actual game. Scott, it is here. I don't know if you enjoyed week zero. We had the official week zero, the the uh, the annual honorary Hawaii Bowl. Everybody loves the Hawaii game that comes on at like 1030 at night. You bet a shitload on it. 
for no reason. <laughs> just following units up until 2 a.m. You also had wonderful future playoff games like Florida State versus Duquesne, which oh, I didn't even know. Runner. I didn't even know Duquesne had a football team. Yeah, because they like a, for like basketball. It felt like a preseason college basketball game was going on. Florida State Duquesne. Right. T- tell me how it went. I almost put money on Duquesne. I was like, ah, what if they just like sneak in See, there? And I almost did the same because I wanted to fade myself. So at least that way, like if, if Florida State won, that's great. And if they lost, hey, I want some money. So it is what it is. But mine wasn't going to pay out that much. So I decided not to go with it. But um, but yeah, college football's back. And week zero had plenty of stuff to talk about. You know, first and foremost, Florida State wins 47-7. Love it. Boom. First season opener win since 2016. So Boom. hopefully Mike Norvell has it all turned around now. So it's going to be a long season. But some bigger things that happened. Um, one of the minor things, Vandy, just to, because you're talking about the Hawaii Bowl, uh, Vanderbilt destroying Hawaii 63-10, to 10, just showing everyone it doesn't matter who's in the SEC. They can put up points on you at that point. Um, but two of the bigger things that came out over the weekend, one, UNC and uh, FAMU, so the the Florida Atlantic, uh, <coughs> they Cute. played, thanks, That's, <laughs> uh, but regardless, UNC beats FAMU 56 to 24. Um, that's not the reason why that game is being talked about, though, it's because not only did FAMU only have seven offensive linemen available for the game, they actually had 25 total players completely ineligible to play in the game. So they're kind of going back and forth about whether or not they should reschedule or if they should just forfeit and just take the loss. Um, some were saying that, you know, the only reason why they went up there to play UNC was to get the $450,000 price or the, 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 the money they would get for playing the game with them. So, there's still a couple of things coming out there. There's a lot of athletes coming out speaking against the university and um, some personnel on that side. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, but the biggest thing that came out was the two touchdown favorite Nebraska Cornhuskers losing by three points to Northwestern. Damn. That's the biggest thing. Not only because Nebraska a once you know, golden child of the college football world, one of those cornerstone universities that are out there. Um, but it's the fact that Scott Frost, the head coach for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who's still on contract through the 2026 season, is a whopping 5-21 and 21 in single-digit games. Come on, man. Come on. And now he's lost in two countries because they played that over in Ireland. <laughs> why, did, why did they play that game in Ireland? Why was that happening? Maybe get a sponsored them. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, damn. Maybe that's what that. Washington Commanders need to do. Right. But I think what really kind of led to that loss was the irrelevant onside kick that um, Scott Frost had called late in the game. There was no reason to do that. There was no reason to be cheeky or be aggressive. Just, you know, run the clock out, play play the game. And you would have been fine, but that's that's inevitably what kind of been in the in the butt at this point. So it's gonna be a long season uh, for Mr. Scott Frost. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it was a fun week zero. Seems like you enjoyed it. You got your time in. Does it have you prepped now for the actual real shit that's coming? Yeah, because week one has, of course, Florida State's going to New Orleans playing LSU. Brian Kelly, new head coach for LSU. Um, so that's going to be the game that I'm going to be watching next week. 
Um, but there's about five or six games that everybody should kind of keep their eye on. Um, I'll rattle them off pretty quickly in no particular order. Um, Pitt and Pitt, who's ranked number 17 to start the season versus West Virginia University, who is not ranked. This is the first time that this storied rivalry, um, they call it the backyard brawl. It's the first time they've actually played each other since 2011, which is crazy. They've waited That's 11 kind of, years. I can't believe that, actually. Right. But the last time they met, West Virginia won by one point, 21 to 20. Um, another one to kind of keep in can I keep an eye on is Clemson, who's ranked number four, um, and Georgia Tech, who's not ranked at all this uh, this season so far. Um, this could set the tone for how the ACC is going to play out entirely. Um, the ACC is really close. There's no real team that's going to be ahead of anybody. Um, so that's that could play out later down the season to where, like, if Georgia Tech, if Georgia Tech beats Clemson, that could be the deciding factor in how rankings kind of go on. Um, another one of those games, Utah, who's coming into the season, ranked number seven, who has been on fire going in from last season, uh, versus a non-ranked Florida team. Uh, that's Billy Napier's brand-new head coach for Florida, first season there. Utah needs to start strong. Um, that's who kind of peeking into later on. Um, I have them actually going to the playoffs this year um, as the four seed. So that's a game to watch in. Um, I know me and you like to talk about dark horse teams, random little oh, yeah. smaller mid-majors that you know, come out of nowhere. Um, there's mm -hmm. two that everyone's talking about going into this season. It's Arkansas and Cincinnati. Um, they are actually playing each other week one. So that's going to be one to watch. But as far as the more prominent teams, um, Georgia's ranked number three, coming off that national championship title, um, going up against Oregon, ranked number 11, who's trying to you know claw their way. And now they lost Mario Cristobal to Miami, try to rewrite the ship, try to make a name for themselves, especially coming out of the Pac-12. Um, that's going to be an important game in regards to the future of the college football playoff potential. Um, but the game of the week is probably going to be Ohio State number two and Notre Dame number five. Um, that's I think a Notre crazy Dame, game to start the right? season. Um, I think Notre Dame's only ranked number five because they didn't have anybody else really to put there. So I think <laughs> because they're Notre Dame, <laughs> right? They're just getting there by the name. Um, I'm definitely in the camp of feeling like Notre Dame's been vastly overrated i mean if you haven't had a championship since i think 89 and they're right. just piggybacking off of the name at this point uh, but still oh, yeah. huge playoff potential you know situations coming out from that game alone i mean just talking about notre dame ohio state you're looking at a great matchup in not just their uh the talents of that team combined there and handsome as fuck coach with Notre Dame. Oh my God. Oh, this guy, stuck. yeah, look him up. Look him up. Yeah. Oh, Marcus, M doesn't know about him? M does not know about this guy. I've been oh. afraid to tell her about him. Oh no. I've had to kind of hide this one. No, yeah, that dude is hot. But you also have a great quarterback. A great quarterback. Damn. <laughs> Damn. You have a, you have great, a great quarterback, quarterback to watch at Ohio, Ohio State, State with CJ Stroud. Stroud. Yep. And could be a potential Heisman contender. I don't know. What are you thinking? Yeah. What are you looking at for the Heisman yeah. this year? No, CJ yes, Stroud is in, in my book. Yes, I'm. Just a side note, uh, Marcus Freeman went to Ohio State. That's his alma mater. Oh, see, there's another. Look at that matchup. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but CJ Stroud, in my head, is probably the easy Heisman choice. 
even playing. I think Ohio State's definitely um, on pace to go to the championship this year. Um, but after that, you have the normal Alabama quarterback, Bryce Young. He's going to be there because he's in Alabama. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I mean, that's kind of a change. We're saying that like so nonchalant now. But Alabama quarterbacks, what a fucking, no pun intended, tide that's been turned there <laughs> with the kind of quarterbacks <laughs> that are coming out. And now you have Bryce Young, who looks not only like, you know, potential second year Heisman winner, but right. also, you know, potential number one pick next year. Yeah. And um, two names that I, I'm going to keep an eye on one is uh, BJ Robinson, the running back from Texas. Um, He's good. Texas is one of those teams who are always going to claim that they're back. I think that's just a Texas thing because the Cowboys do that every single, every single season. So, (laughs) Um, but he's a name to kind of look out for. Um, I think he's going to make a really big push this year. Um, But one thing that I actually really like that the Heisman committee is doing now more than ever is actually looking outside of the quarterback position I mean, you have Devontae, who just won it as a wide receiver through Alabama. Um, I feel like this year, if Will Anderson Jr., the defensive end from Alabama, um, can have a really stellar year, I I could see them actually pushing for a defensive winner for the Heisman this year. Yeah, and, I mean, Will Anderson Jr. would be the one to go for with that. Dude is, like, the closest. He's, like, the next, like, Von Miller, Miles Garrett kind of type from everything that I've seen of him on film. Right. It's just going to be a monster for them this year. So that would be interesting. And he's a junior. I mean, you got to think. So last year he played out of his mind. He had 101 total tackles, 57 for solo, 44 assisted, but he had 17 and a half sacks. So he was extremely dominant. Um, So that's definitely going to be a name to watch for, you know, a defensive player potentially getting that Heisman trophy. And you're looking at the team he's on, Alabama. They're obviously going to be a playoff contender, more than likely going to be a playoff team. Let's talk about that for a second. Who are the playoff contenders that we're looking for? You gave us a hint at one already at number four, yes. but like, who are we looking at as the top contenders and any dark horse candidates like Cincy? Because I don't see Cincy making it back. But no, no, I don't see Cincy making it back this year. They got to have they're, it's like more of like a reload season for them. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a pretty safe top four, um, with the exception of the number four seed being Utah. Um, they won the Pac-12 last year. You know they're going to play. They played really really well. I think they're going to be that team to take that next push over the over the hill at this point and kind of sneak in there like how Cincy did last year. Um, other than that, the top three: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. It's the safest thing that you can do, with the exception of Georgia, because I will say this: I have Kentucky. Uh-oh. Me personally, I have Kentucky actually beating Georgia out in the SEC East to play for Fuck the yes. SEC title against Alabama. So I could yes. easily see Kentucky swapping in there to three. Woo! Tell them more. Tell them more. Just keep hyping her up. Keep hyping her up. Go get this Kentucky. Get this. Right. That's that's enough. That's Come all on, I can bring say. my redneck blood out. <laughs> we just came back from a Zach Brown band concert. We're fucking ready to go. Um, and then kind of a couple other names to kind of throw out there with nothing really kind of behind them. Michigan, Texas A&M, Clemson, Baylor, and Oklahoma. Um, those are kind of the other teams I see just not making it into that top four. How do we feel about BYU this year? Because I'm always intrigued by BYU just from personal connections, but I actually right. think that they have a sneaky great quarterback in Jaron Hall there. 
Yeah, I think he's really going to surprise some people like Zach Wilson did a couple years ago. Yeah, no, BYU is definitely underrated because um, they finished last season at number 13. Um, and I feel like, especially with them about to make the move to the Big 12 next season, they really have to show that they're going to be able to hang in with a conference like that. So that's going to be a team to really kind of keep an eye on. What about Penn State? Penn State's another one. Actually, speaking about Penn State, um, one of their running backs just transferred to Florida State, so I'll take them. Um, Yay. Meow. No, <laughs> no, Penn State's another one of those underrated teams. Um, I mean, this, it's it's still a team that has only won, you know, half of its games since going 11-2 and two since 2019, but I definitely expect them to see them recover and be ranked in the top 20 this year, maybe in the top 15, um, but it's – I think they're a year or two away from being up there with the top fives. My uncle will be displeased with that analysis. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my, my family goes one way with Penn State, and the smart side of the family goes the other way with UK. So it's nothing but blue. Duh. All blue. teams. Just All different blue. shades of blue. <laughs> a variety of blues. <laughs> well, okay. So we're looking forward to a great season, obviously. You're feeling great. Are you feeling good about FSU? You know, I'm feeling as good as, as uh, I'm feeling as good for FSU as I am as De- Desmond Howard's um, college football playoff team that he picked. <laughs> Would you like to talk about this? <laughs> Just very briefly. We'll, I don't know we'll give him fanfare for them, too. I don't know what he was smoking. I could see, I mean, three of the four are going to be those teams that are kind of like knocking on the door that could potentially squeak in for that four seed potentially. But he has number one being Texas A&M, which I despise Jimbo Fisher and everything that he chooses to be. So fuck Jimbo Fisher. Two, he has Baylor. Three, Pitt. And four, Michigan. So I could, I could see a couple of those teams to go in there, but to completely not even include Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, any of those teams that are have more recent success than any of those other teams is beyond me. And I feel like you only picked Michigan because he's a Michigan guy. Well, yeah, he's on the he's on the uh, the Max Kellerman, whatever Max Kellerman was smoking when he was throwing uh, Tom Brady off the cliff. That's no, Max Kellerman needs to just stick to boxing and not talk about anything else. That's all he mm-hmm. needs to talk about. Pretty sure that's all he is doing right now. I haven't seen Good. anywhere fucking else. Good. He needs even to keep it that way. He needs to keep it that way. That's the only thing that I'll even like, re- like give him any kind of grain of salt world worth of relevance to what I'm gonna like, listen to him because he knows what he's talking about when it comes to when it comes to boxing. But everything else, he can just shut up. Um, but Florida State, it's gonna be a very interesting year. Um, like I said, we just won last week, forty-seven to seven. But this week we play LSU on the road in Louisiana. So that's going to be a primetime 7.30 Sunday uh, game, so everybody go and watch that. But with how much that Florida State's been, just been shitting the bed the past few seasons, I, I think I want to work this. Mike Norvell is definitely a, he's, he's definitely brought something different to Florida State that's been missing since Bobby Bowden had left. Um, so it's I feel like this is more of like a prove it year. He's like his first full season as a head coach with no COVID protocols or anything like that. Full first rule purity class coming in. So um, I think they're going to be doing a lot better than anybody ever expect actually expects. Okay. That's a bold take. Now, what about your, uh, 
your second favorite team, Jackson State. Since he Jackson keeps coming, State. Keep coming in and stealing your players. Well, <sighs> Dion, could we see an HBCU in the playoffs? No. Oh, no way. Racist. No. No, racist. it's not even about race. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> no, because you got to think about last season with how great they did. They still got dominated by South Carolina State in the in the the bowl game. Because mm-hmm. that's so, how no. the system set up. That's how the system set up. That's <laughs> how it's been set up in this country for years, for decades, to hold us back, to hold all the Deion Sanders of this great country down. We're gonna oh, get there, Scott. One day together. One day together, hand in hand. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure it's just colleges being around longer and funding for recruitment. That's too smart. That's too smart sounding. Let's get out of that. But speaking of HBCUs, <laughs> I know there's a top five today that is very near and dear to both of you. Scott wanted to do this top five, but Emily decided she's not going to let him do it alone. Already, has she seen she's, my list? Uh, no, she hasn't seen your list. Okay, she's ready for, list. Yeah, yeah, she's ready she's for a break. fight. She's ready for a fight. Just don't forget, I was in marching band and... I would have been in it again still in college, except Mason didn't have a football team. So we have the pep band, Green Machine, number one in the nation. So I am very passionate of this topic. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I came to the table with 10 people and not just five. So I can bring out more if I need to. I just listen to the rules. (laughs) I did very extensive research outside of marching bands and entrances that I knew of offhand. Ooh, we got to fight. We got to fight. Here we go. It's time for top five college football marching bands and entrances. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Oh, shit. Here we go again. Here we go again. Beat drop. In editing, ah, I was waiting is, for the I was waiting for the beat to go. I was like, I can go, beep. I can start dancing to it. You can still do it. We can just pretend like it's happening. Oh man, us. I'm dancing right on the beat. Look at all that, yeah, all that white rhythm in the stream yard shoulders. studio. All those white man overbites. Yeah. <laughs> Don't count yourself out of that white rhythm. Ri- out of that white rhythm, either, Reed. Oh, I can't hear it right now. I'm just going. I'm just I'm it's I'm like all those uh all those white girls at the Zach Brown band concert. Oh, wait. It's like feeling it. Oh, to, uh, wait, wait for the beat drop and now. There it goes. Yep. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is the three two threes top five, ladies and gentlemen. Sponsored by Sheets and Giggles unofficially, but I'm still working on them. We're going to get those eucalyptus sheets in here. You got me really excited for a second. I know. They're very uh, well. Big news. The excitement would be the sheets, which are, you know, very cooling and eucalyptus. <laughs> That's a sale. I think we just sold a pair of sheets at that. Oh, it is time for the top five college football marching bands and entrances. Um, how should we do this? I'm curious because both of you are very passionate about this. Should I let one of you go with your top five first, or should we just start at five and let both of you go? We'll see. Five and go see, up, I did a mixture of 
Yeah, I'll say go back and forth. I did a mixture of marching bands and also college football entrances. So it won't be necessarily just bands that I'll say. But we can go back and forth. What the fuck? Well, that's what I told you in pre. That's what we, yeah, it's the both. Marching bands and entrances. I'm all marching bands because a football team is nothing without them. Man. It's hot talk. It's hot talk. They should get the uh, NIL deals. All right, we will start with number five. Well, we're going to go. Num- yeah, number five, Emily, is Penn State. No bias. Nothing I, actually, I actually am not super thrilled about Penn State necessarily. That's my uncle and all them. However, musically, they're absolutely phenomenal and they always put on a really great show and they have a great job of pepping up the entire crowd and getting so unbelievably hyped at their games to our home games are an unworldly experience. And that's why people like can't get tickets to Penn State games because everybody wants them. Yeah, no, I agree. They were they were on my list. They weren't in my top five, but they were definitely kind of knocking on the door. I mean, when you think about teams in any sporting arena, when they do a whiteout, nobody does it better than Penn State when they do those whiteouts. Absolutely not. They are the best. Yeah, can't get any HBCUs right there at five. We're talking about whiteouts. All this white power well, around you, Scott. Well, you, you jumped, you jumped the ball on that one because oh, did I, Scott? <laughs> Tell me, Southern University. Hey, if you haven't heard their rendition of Chris Brown's "Run It," I suggest you go run into your local, your your nearest computer, tablet, or iPhone. Watch it. I can agree with that, but I put other HBCUs above them, and I thought well, I Penn State was a little bit above them, too. Well, don't you worry. There's another one coming. How very white of you. If you haven't heard Run It, I'd suggest you run to it. <laughs> uh, a that's joke. a good selection. Boo. Uh, it wasn't my joke. That was his joke. Boo, whitey. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, number four is... Bethune Cookham University. Tell me more. Oh, they're just an HBCU that are they're ranked like number two of all time bands for uh, college football. Yeah, they're amazing. They do like all of the classic HBCU things, except there's just one more. There's just one that kind of like outranks them and i think for the most part that's because of the musicians that they get every year that are just like even more top tier i really like their drumline section for bethune cookman and then the one that i ranked higher i like their horn section more and i'm a horn player so i've got bias there that's fair couldn't get down with that yeah all right scott number four uh, number four, I am going to be throwing on the the Ohio State University Marching 110. Their marching band. Wow, at number four? Yep. I disagree. Oh, there we go. We got to fight. Fight, fight. <laughs> fight back, bitch. Fight back. <laughs> no, because, I mean, for me, like, when I, when I sat, when I stopped for a second and thought, like, what university marching band I immediately thought about Ohio State and them going out and dotting the eye and all that kind of stuff. But um, like I said, since I did a mixture of marching bands and entrances, it bumped them before. 
So Ohio State, if you don't know this, they actually do a totally new show, like every single game. It's yeah, because they were the ones that did the uh, the Michael Jackson moonwalk. Yeah, but they do that every game with like wow. a totally different idea. Like they do Pac-Man eating things and all kinds of stuff like that. That's crazy. And it's a different one. Damn. Okay. I almost went to Ohio State for their band. Why didn't you? Because they had that huge uh, sex scandal. Oh, that can do it. The uh, hazing within the marching band. Yeah, I guess that would deter anybody from wanting to go there. Oh, yeah. my parents were like, don't go there. <laughs> You're not going. <laughs> Pretty much. I was like guaranteed a full ride with their jazz program. Yeah. All right. Well, we have our expert. So number three, Emily, is? Texas A&M. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. The Longhorns, which have arguably the best snare section. A lot of them actually compete with the top drum corps, which is like marching main, but on steroids. So they go to like the blue coats and the cadets. It just insane. Like their stick work is perfect every time. Okay. Scott, you're number three. Uh, number three, it's going to be the Sonic Boom of the South at Jackson State. I told you to hold on. I was going to talk about them in a second. I'm ashamed of myself. Real, they put on a really, really good show. That would be one for somebody. If they were trying to look into, you know, different marching band you know, videos or any kind of music through them, like that would be one to kind of go look up and watch. Okay. So they're Emily, very entertaining. There we go. I wouldn't say they're as they're like better than all the ones, but they're at least entertaining to put on a show. Right. So number two is my other HBCU, which is Florida A and M. Oh, you bitch! <laughs> you, you took my number two because I redid the list a little bit after I gave it to Reed. I redid it a little bit. <laughs> so we agree on one. Yeah, no, well, I see, see, I'll let you, you tell me why you picked them and then I will kind of chime in on the back end. Well, again, I have a totally marching perspective on things. So for me, Florida A&M, their horn section is like top fucking tier. And then they always combine really well with their dance team as well, putting on these magnificent shows. Uh, and if you look at their actual like marking, marching technique, like it's perfect. Like everybody is perfectly in line and in tune with one another, which just creates a wonderful visual as well as like amazing sound that comes out of them. Yeah, no, and it's, it's definitely one of the only college football bands that I've actually seen live in person. Um, Cause when I was living in Tallahassee, you know, it's home to both Florida State and FAMU. So um, I actually went to a football game with one of my buddies down there. And you talk about just being electrifying and just, you you get into it really quick. It, it definitely takes it takes over the whole stadium. They are the closest that I've gotten to the feeling of when I watch drum corps uh, again, which is like marching band on steroids. Which like when you watch drum corps and you watch their shows, you actually like you get full on like shivers throughout your spines. And I mean, like they their shows are so moving they make you cry like it's that good of a musical performance that they're putting on and florida mm -hmm. a&m like they are at that level of a drum corps but for 
a college and for a university. Uh, my number one, though, kind of like peaks out just like a little bit more oh, just, just based, based on, on like how often they change up their shows and stuff like that. Well, since you're teasing it and you're hinting at it here, what is number one, Emily Sissel? We already discussed it, which is I put Ohio State as number one. And it's not just like the changing the shows. It's also <laughs> they have a very traditional marching technique that's impressive. Crazy band numbers. I mean, they're always known for a good performance. They're great musically. And then they also have like one of they always get like the best drum majors. Which, if you don't know, that's the person directing the band. And they always do these crazy HBCU-level stunts that the drum majors always do. Um, they're just kind of, like, at a like a slightly higher level. Not as clean, technically, with their music and stuff like that. But I think they just kind of inch out with impressiveness for me, personally. That's fair. Fair argument. Okay, Scott, you got one last one to win this top five. I don't know who's deciding it. The people will decide. Elmer will decide. The peop- Elmer's going to decide. Fuck you, Elmer. <laughs> uh, but, well, now but we know who won. My, this is where the bias comes in. Because my number one entrance slash marching bands in college football is Chief Osceola with Renegade coming out to the marching chiefs at Florida State. You son of a bitch. That's just <laughs> such bias. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen, I, I okay. If you're doing that, had, why isn't Enter Sandman from Virginia Tech on your list? Well, Enter Sandman was number two, and I bumped him down to put FAMU in there. So thank like, you very much. That was number two. That's the one that I was like, I was like, oh, that's a really, that's a that's a sleeper. Like yeah, Enter Sandman, Virginia Tech is insane. Oh, you're not lying. I'm just, I'm just saying the, the marching chiefs and having Chief Osceola come out there on Renegade and mm-hmm. rearing up on its hind legs and. Bearing the, the center of the field, love it. And you, you have cannot choose that crap over Metallica. Enter yeah. Sandman. Man, you have the whole stadium. I will send you. A, you go and you see that national championship game back from 2013, and yeah, it will and give Enter you goosebumps. Sandman will still be more intense. But they're still gonna lose all the time. Well, I don't have a. I don't have any. That doesn't play into the, into the fact that they're the better entrance. <laughs> Listen, well, I mean, it could because that means they're not two. getting hyped up over it. <laughs> they're expending all their energy at the entrance. No, they're getting hyped up. They just suck. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> like that's like I said, I had them. I had the number two. And then after I made the list, I was sitting there for a little bit. I was like, wait, how do I not have FAMU on here? So I bumped them straight to number two at that point. Um, and then I had a feeling we we're going to talk more about the bands versus just the entrances. So I just didn't even leave them in there. Um, a couple other ones uh, that I would definitely put up there as far as just entrances alone would be Oklahoma, uh, OU, Oklahoma, coming out on the, the Sooner Schooner, like at 100 miles an hour. There's been a couple of times where you see that thing just tilt, tilt like uh, tip over on the field, which is actually really funny to watch. Doesn't Tennessee do something really cool too? I can't remember what they do. I don't really keep track of Tennessee. <laughs> They just My lose. Bad. <laughs> I will say no. like bands and entrances are definitely more of a East Coast Midwest thing. Right. Like, like bands are like East Coast. Other than Texas. Like Texas is the exception. But they they are actually known as a marching band state. 
Like they have in their high schools, JV marching band, junior varsity marching band. That's how good they right. are. Uh, but it's definitely an East Coast thing. Those big bands. Oh yeah. Well, I think a lot of the, the I think that's really a lot because a lot more of the you know HBCUs are on the East Coast and like the southern part oh, yeah. of the United States. So I think that's what plays into it. Um, another one to really look for because I know a lot of people don't watch Hawaii play outside of the first game of the season. Um, but they actually do a haka at the beginning, which is amazing yes. to watch. The haka is so good. Yep, that's always and you can't you can't not get hyped up by that. Oh, I forgot no. about them. Thank you for reminding me of that. Oh, I love welcome. their haka. And one that scares the bejesus out of me because I don't know how they've done this since 1967. But Colorado bringing Ralphie out the Buffalo in yeah. the field scares the how shit the out of me. How the hell do they Every still get that I've thing? Seen that. And I did learn something today about it, that Ralphie, since 19, it, it's always a female one because males are more aggressive. Who knew? Yeah, I could have guessed that. Well, yeah, that's probably that's probably the uh, the smart PR move to make there. <laughs> well, it's why I wouldn't want to go. <laughs> why when you scuba dive with sharks, they try to keep you around the female areas because they're less aggressive. Oh. I'm trying to think of anybody else that we're missing. Reed, do you have anything for us off the dome? I don't. Not in this field, not in this particular field. I mean, I just, I did have a question before we wrap up the show. That is, since that is a great top five, you both killed that. You did excellently with it. Scott, I have one last college football question for you. How are we looking, as you see, as it's college, I'm repping here. Is VCU, are we going to do it this year? Yeah, the, the, the VCU football team is going to go all the way this year. Really? They don't have a football team. Oh, fuck this show. <laughs> fuck this. This is it. It's over then. Fuck it. I don't even know why we did it. For now, though, this has been our college football preview show. And we did it right with the one and only Scott Elia. The one and only, apparently, Reed's better half. You should have known that. Everybody knows that. Emily Sissel, thank you both for being here. Uh, I'm your host, Reed Murphy. We will talk to you soon, ladies and gentlemen. In the meantime, stay safe.